Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo. You're listening to KTDT Tucson. I want to thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we speak with the owners of Tucson's only cider tap house, Balker Balker. And we're going to hear the story of how this unique concept came to be in the midst of a pandemic. Today is January 17th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to U Arizona, and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, and also available on your iPhone or Android using our very own Downtown Radio app. Just simply head to your store and bring in your Downtown Radio Tucson app, and you'll have us wherever you go. If you want to contact us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and all of our past episodes are housed on lifealongthestreetcar.org. And now, podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or simply by asking your smart speaker to play our podcast. Now, we're going to start today's show with a spotlight, a bright spotlight on the downtown places and faces. Launched last week, the 01 Spotlight is a feature on social media from the Downtown Tucson Partnership. Really quick interviews of the faces behind the places making downtown great. Not just highlighting the businesses that are important to downtown, but the people who have put their entrepreneurial efforts into making those businesses great. So it's the faces behind the places. And I know a little something about it because I happen to be one of the interviewers. So we get uh, to head to different businesses, one a week, and talk to the owners. My partner in this is Zach Yenser. You may uh, know him. He hosts um, a radio show on KVOI The Voice. And the... um, uh, the partnership between Zach and myself is a collaboration to the Downtown Tucson Partnership. And our goal is to just find out what is happening within the business community. What are people experiencing? How can we help them? And what are, are some of those uh, unique opportunities that people may not know about? Again, it's the 01 Spotlight. It's the faces behind the places And I think the introduction to the business owners, why they chose to be downtown, what they've experienced in the last 12 months, what they see in the next 12 months, it's a very enlightening and uh, telling story. So every Thursday, if you head over to the Downtown Tucson Partnerships social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, I believe on their website as well, you'll get one of those videos. Did uh, 1055 a couple weeks ago, uh, Laura Tanzer last week and we've got some cool ones coming up and you'll also see a correlation with this show because some of those interviews lead to more in-depth conversations that we're going to house right here on life along the streetcar so 
check them out. I think they're fun, and I'm kind of excited to meet all the cool people doing stuff. Well, our feature for today's show is the husband and wife team who launched Tucson's first and only cider tap room, and they did so in the midst of a pandemic. Now, Fourth Avenue is known for its uh, one-of-a-kind bohemian vibe, so it's no wonder that Don Rubino chose to open his non-orchard-based cidery in this unique part of Tucson. Not only is this Tucson's first cider tap room, it's the only one of its kind. There's some others in the state and in the region, but in Tucson, we have nothing else. Well, Don and his wife, Jamie Perkunis, opened Bocker Bocker in the midst of the pandemic, and they've become quite popular for those seeking an alcoholic drink made by fermenting the juice of an apple. So how did they manage to open in a pandemic? How has their business been? How's the reception been on 4th Avenue? What on earth does Bocker Bocker even mean? Well, we sat down with Don and Jamie to answer all of these questions and more. Uh, my name is Don Rubino, um, founder and I guess owner of Bocker Bocker. Uh, we're sitting in our tap house right now. We're on 4th Avenue at the corner of 7th and 4th. And I'm Jamie Perkins. I'm Don's wife. She doesn't have a title yet. She's working I don't on have a, I don't have a title. I call myself the wife of the owner. So that's what I, because I'm not really sure what I do. I do a bunch of different Everything. things. Everything. So, um, so uh, owner slash do it all. That's No, that's I call it. myself a default partner. Default, default <laughs> partner. Default okay. partner. Well, and, and, and you, you mentioned Tap House, so immediately... With Tucson's reputation, that brings up craft beer, but that's not that's not what Bacher Bacher is focused on right now. You're a, you're a one of a kind shop in a in a uh, uh, that opened during a very one of a kind year. <laughs> Tell us about your product. Tell us about your concept. So we're a cider house, uh, right? Currently, I think today we have 23 ciders on tap. Um, we you know we wanted to make things that were delicious, uh, people could enjoy. Uh, we're technically under the wine world versus the beer world. Um, beer is all grain-based. We're a fruit base. And so according to the federal government, we're a winery um, that specializes in cider. And it's, you know, it's been really fun to create the things that we do here. Uh, there we do, we have all different yeast that is happening. We've got all different flavors that we put into with our juice uh, we ferment everything without sulfates and nitrates. Uh, so all of our ciders are going to be considerably drier than a lot of the other commercial cider you find on tap. Uh, it's one of our biggest things is people come in and they're like, oh, you know, I'm nervous about cider. And it's like, mm, you should try our cider first. You know, currently we don't serve beer. So it'll be the husband or the wife that wants to come in and they bring their spouse with them. And they're like, oh, no, no, I'm a, I'm a beer person or I'm this. And it's like, well, you know, give us, give us a try. And that's one of my favorite things is to convert somebody who doesn't drink cider to, you know, leaving with cider. Just this past weekend, we had a couple come in and, you know, we're across the street from Chay's Lounge. And, you know, they, they had a wait and they didn't necessarily want to wait in the wait. And so they came here. And they were like, well, you know, really not too fond of, you know, of cider, but you guys were open. And they ended up both leaving with to-go cans going, wow, this was really good. And uh, that makes me smile. And you 23 taps, those are all made 
on-premise, correct? On-premise. We have 24 different fermenters that we, we run through, everything from five gallons to 180 gallons. Um, we, get, uh, we don't have an orchard or a non-orchard-based cidery, so we get bulk juice that's fermented, or not fermented, it's, it's actually unfermented, but it's pressed. Within two days of press, it's in a truck to be delivered here. Within three days of it leaving there, it goes into a fermenter and we process it all as soon as it shows up here and we just make all the different flavors and then it goes into a keg and some of the flavors come out right away. Some of the flavors are things we need to make more of. Like today I'm drinking the blueberry pomegranate, which is a flavor that we've had since we opened and people seem to keep liking it. So we keep making more. Um, yep. And, and I, when I was in there uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jamie was talking to me about your, your history and this wasn't just something that popped up and you're like, Oh, I like cider. I, uh, there's a history of, 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 of brewing in your, in your, in your past. Correct. Correct. Um, probably six years ago. Was it seven, six something years ago? No, um, no. So I was thinking of uh, the brewery. Oh, but before that, when we first met, which was in 2008. Yeah. Um, I had gone to his house and all he had was Ducati light and cans. And I had just asked if maybe he could upgrade to Bloom or Sam Adams or you know, something. And then Don wants to cook. He, you know, has a... I've, Kate, I've cooked since I was in elementary yeah. school. And when we got married, he made all the food for our wedding and we made all the beers for our wedding. So, I mean, brewing beer was just one more opportunity for him to be creative. And so he started brewing beer and then also brewing cider and I guess making cider, not brewing cider, but um, so it's a new face. And, and ciders, it's not just a uh, a label. I mean, there's a there's a whole uh, regulatory structure on cider, using that word, right? <laughs> regulatory. That's a funny thing. Yes, there is one or fifty regulatories towards making cider. It's ABVness. It's the amount of apple. It's you know, there's all kinds of different things. The amount of bubbles that are in it. Um, we have a tendency to make stiller ciders. You know, some people call it flat. I prefer still. Um, there's not a whole lot of bubbles to fill you up or to get in the way of things. I feel that our ciders are really aromatic just on their own. Like we did a rosemary cider, I don't know, a while ago, and we just put it on tap and you could, you know, you could pick it up in the glass and it just wafted, you know, rosemary. Well, we're also doing, uh, I don't know if you had this when you were here, Tom, is the uh, nitros. We have three nitro ciders. And so the nitro mixture flattens the cider anyway. So it's really, it, it's actually it makes it even more smooth and easier to drink and, you know, kind of makes it a little bit more creamy. So we have a cherry vanilla that's been probably the most popular. We had a PBJ we did with like peanut Good. butter and grape jelly. And then we have like an apricot almond, which actually Casa Video is currently has on tap. Um, and we also do pecan pie. So it's been really fun to also play with like the nitros as well, which is in the beer world. And we have people come and say, we've never had a cider and nitro before. This is so cool, you know. You know, almost everybody gets a nitro cider. Um, I don't think I've ever had one. Um, I know there's a gentleman that comes in here that's had more cider than I could imagine. 
And he's like, yeah, this is something crazy and different. We are in the midst of our interview with Don Rubino and Jamie Perkunis. They are the owners of the uh, Bocker Bocker Cidery on 4th Avenue. After the break, we're going to hear about their opening, which was in the midst of a pandemic and how that's uh, impacted their business. But I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Get the app. Do what the man says. We are going to get back to our interview here with Don and Jamie from Bocker Bocker on 4th Avenue and hear their story about opening up in the midst of a pandemic. Well, let's talk a little bit about courage, uh, not the liquid courage, but the actual courage, because you, you, you've you planned this for a while and your launch date was in the midst of uh, 2020 and a few yeah. things kind of went sideways on you, but you still managed to get this thing open. To- I knew that I was going to end up uh, doing a lot of the work. And once everything happened, then we ended up doing most of the work. Jamie got to learn how to tile. That's part of the deep, the default partner that you are. Uh, <laughs> yes. Again, that's why like, I don't think I can cap, you know, encapsulate my, my title because there's so much that comes into it. Uh, and it was scary. It was really scary. You know, it was like, well, when are things going to happen? Because there was a point we were still building that everything was shut down. But we signed a lease that people have chuckled at at the amount, you know, at the amount of, right, we signed a 10-year lease for the building. And people were like, wow, really? And it was like, yeah, you know, and at the point where everything shut down, we had already torn out all the floors. We had already put in all the underground infrastructure. We had the, you know, the HAVAC was going in already. It was, you know, we were, we were in it to, to win it at that point and there was no turning back and if people are familiar with the area you're right on the corner of fourth and it's it's seventh right you're on the corner right. of seventh and i can i can look up and see the hippie gypsy and so the shop that you took over is right on the corner and that was a fairly uh substantial retail outlet that, that had a completely different layout I and mean, when you walk into your store uh, to your shop versus that store it's it's hard to, to even imagine what it was before before so the remodel well, if you want to see uh, how it was before we actually have we did a lot of instagram videos so if you go back to if you go to our instagram account at walker walker cider you can scroll all the way back to the beginning because our first probably six to eight months of our instagram account is the build-out <laughs> was construction we lost a few followers because they were like where's the cider you know because we're just showing the chain you know oh, look at we did this you know he was definitely put in a lot of sweat sweat equity and and, um, you know, was here all the time. So when did you get the doors open? Labor Day weekend is when we opened for the tap room. But even then, like we so we did cans to go and we didn't really realize how many people were looking forward to us coming because we only had like 110 followers on Instagram and Facebook. So when we posted that we were doing to goes and we sold out of cans in two weekends we were like wow we weren't we we had no idea that that was going to happen and then we opened up but when we opened up for labor day all we and everything else was opening up as well like that same weekend and all we had were our we did reservations but all we had were our taster glasses so all we could do was flights that weekend and we sold out of flight you know flight night reservations and 
Um, so it was, yeah, it was, I think we were both surprised at how many people have, were cheering us on behind the scenes that we didn't even know. Well, it's, a, it's definitely a community project at that point. You're, uh, you've got the, uh, the well-wishers all, all wanting this to be successful. Because this is the only cider specialty house in, in the area, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, for sure, Tucson proper. So having a place then that can can create these ciders locally, that that's a that's a rare treat for Tucson. Yes. Well, and it's fun too because we have we like doing lots of different flavors. So I have a list right now of like ninety eight different flavors. Of how many? Ninety eight. Oh my god! Uh, but we have people who want you know we tell people let us know what you want and we can do a five gallon batch and see how it goes. A couple of things that people I know are going to ask is I I. I had to research this a little bit, the, the, the name and this fascination that you have with chickens. Tell me more about this. Uh, Jamie was getting eggs at the market and was like six, seven dollars a dozen. And I was a little out of my comfort zone. So ended up, I did the math and it was easier or I guess less expensive to get chickens at the house. I got to hang out with them and I would once or twice got caught in the chicken coop walkering with them. And I decided that it was a fun name. And how has Fourth, <laughs> how has Fourth Avenue been treating you? I mean, other, uh, welcome with open arms. Oh yeah. The coalition I, from the Fourth, well, the Fourth Avenue Merchants Association has been over the top from the get go. They've been really trying to help out the best they can. They've promoted us on their own pages. Um, we've befriended a few of the people around us and they've been really helpful. We've, you know, asked advice and people have shared it. It's been, you know, we haven't had really anyone uh, kind of steel table that, you know, has been like, oh, Barker, Barker, they're the new people and we're not going to talk to them. If I remember correctly, Jamie, you said you're selling it in other locations. It's uh, a couple of local shops are selling it. We're at, yeah, we're, right now we're at um, five different locations. And um, we're at Casa Video, Portland, Marine. Top Shop, uh-huh. Ale House. Yeah, Arizona Beer House. Hotel McCoy. And, um, we just actually got to Parker Pastry, too. Oh, so okay. the one on Campbell, so I'm really excited about that. Your website, does that list where they can get your product? Absolutely, yeah. So we have it listed um, on our website. We'll be adding Hotel McCoy, too, is just as soon as they put us on tap there. And then we have a few other places that we're still trying to, you know, at, you know, let them know that, what, that we have available kegs and things like that. So it's been great. I mean, the community support has been not only from the patrons who are coming in, but the other other businesses has just like Casa Video came right to us within like a week of opening and said, hey, we want to carry your stuff. And, you know, Trevor, who's who's the person who we worked with, has been wonderful. And Borderlands, the same, they brought a video crew in and did a little video shoot about us. And So the website is, it's it's bockerbocker.com, B-A-W-K-E-R, repeated.com. We'll, yep. we'll, of course, link to that in, in, uh, from our Life Along the Streetcar Facebook page in case people want to get there. Um, we'll find your Instagram page, uh, Facebook, and of course, people just walking around on Fourth Avenue. What? Uh, it's January 2021. What are your What are your expectations for hours right now? Uh, currently, we're Thursday through Sunday, and we open in kind of the afternoon until 
10 noon-ish on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we open at 2, a little bit earlier for people till 10, 11-ish, and then on Sunday, we're open from noon to 6. And it doesn't really behoove us to open, you know, more days during the week. Um, but if people keep coming in and say, hey, you know, we would really love for you to be open on Wednesday and we're going to bring all 20 of our friends, then, you know, we might open on Wednesdays and groups of six. Yeah. I'm going to check the website before you head out there and, and make sure it's up to date. And I was just, I just pulled it up and I was looking at it. Uh, you have a unique uh, trade-in program. You can bring in some of your old growlers. Yeah. We decided there was enough glassware in the world um, and we didn't need to buy more glass just to put it into onto people's shelves and have it sit there. And so what we're doing, like you said, is we're allowing people to bring in their own growler and then we exchange it for one that we've already sanitized and cleaned. And then we put our little our keg tape on it that has our logo and then we send it home with you. That's something that Lawnmowers would like to stand by. We do a lot of recycling when we put the project, the build out together as well. A lot of the stuff we got, we did, we made a purposeful um, attempt to make it recycled. Well, I, I think that's uh, probably another reason why the community is so welcoming to you, the intentionality of that. What haven't we talked about? What's something that, that uh, we, we should be covering that, that has not come up yet? Uh, you can pre-order cans and whatnot on our website. Um, that way people, you know, don't have to go into the establishment. We do a curbside delivery. Good. We have a parking spot right on seven um, that's for pickup. And our, our tap room is really spacious. It's quite a large tap room. Mm -hmm. And so we're really able to do a good job of keeping people, um, you know, nice and spread out and um so there's plenty of room um but we really you know do a really good job as far as i think letting you know having people feel comfortable when they're here don rubino the uh chicken rancher general contractor yeah and cider maker and the default partner uh, jamie Apercunis, who got him from Tecate light to tucson's first cider taproom yeah Quite a story. Thanks for your time. And uh, I look forward to watching your success. Thank you so much. Yeah, one of the nice things when you go into Bacher Bacher is that typically Jamie or Don are working. So uh, you get a chance to chat with the superstars that got this project going. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Please do discover the power of underwriting with Downtown Radio. We are an all-volunteer station and can use all the support that you and the community can give to us. Well, that's going to do it as a, another episode of Life Along the Streetcar. This is episode number 134 uh, in the books. If you're wondering what's coming up, we've got some nice guests uh, ready to go. Zach Yenser, I mentioned him earlier as part of the O1 Spotlight he is also the executive director of the Tucson Young Professionals. We're going to get that perspective. 2020 uh, was actually a surprisingly great year for membership, and they've got some interesting concepts planned and some interesting collaborations underway. Uh, later on in the month, we have Laura Tanzer. She's an internationally known uh, clothing designer who happens to operate out of the old depot downtown. So where you used to get your train, you can now get your clothes. She's got a sustainable 
uh, business model. And part of that is now teaching people through a series of web videos on how to uh, sew and fix their own clothing. It's part of her effort to keep people recycling and reusing rather than just pitching and buying a new. Well, you are probably in the know, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to a cool show like this. But if you are involved and you have a passion, something we should be sharing, please let us know. You know, this is a hyper local show. We, we cover about three miles uh, is our footprint here. So if you know of anything happening, uh, share it with us. Hit us up on social media, send us an email, contact at Life Along the Streetcar, um, however you want to get that information to us. If you have a, a social media account that's focused on Tucson, uh, link us, tag us. We'll, uh, we'll share back and do the same. So let us know the cool things and we'll get those out to the rest of the world. Stay tuned for an encore presentation of a Life Along the Streetcard episode from 2017. And uh, we're going to leave you today with music from uh, what I think is a very appropriate band. They uh, take after the owners of Bacher Bacher, Don Rubino's Heart. They are Stan Webb's Chicken Shack. And uh, we're going to listen to the uh, Rhodes Concerto. Uh, that's the album from 2015. And the actual song is Shake Your Moneymaker. So I hope you have a great week. Tune in next Sunday for more Life along the streetcar.